Welcome, savages. So last time, um, one of the complaints we had was that we talked too much about jujitsu, mm-hmm. and, and I was telling Miguel that I think he's getting those complaints from people who don't train, and, and yeah. I don't think I don't think those are valid complaints. I mean, maybe they are, mm-hmm. like ten percent valid, right? But because uh, it was three people out of the thirty people that listened to it. <laughs> oh, so, so if you do your 10%. math, it's ten percent. <laughs> did I do that right or did yes? I, no, that, oh that wow, went. I was trying to under underscore <laughs> it, but. But yeah, so I think our target audience is uh, people who train but don't want to hear about jujitsu for an hour, an uh-huh. hour and a half. You right. Know? Another complaint we had was no introductions. So let me go ahead and start. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Miguel Dominguez. I'm your host. And go ahead, Frankie. I'm Frankie Martinez, jujitsu black belt. And I am Anthony Hernandez, not a regular of this show. I'm just a dude who's happy to be here. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, now we know. No jiu-jitsu, no noises. And, uh, <laughs> and, zero jiu-jitsu. From zero jiu-jitsu. I do not want to hear about leg locks. No leg locks? <laughs> no leg locks. Is that your thing? Are you, are you big on that right now? Mm-mm. Okay. No. What, what's I mean, thing? coming over, I had like a whole hour's worth of like leg lock conversation, but I guess I'm going to throw all that out the window. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about, what other techniques do you do? <laughs> all right, is this what we're doing? Are we going jiu-jitsu? You're a blue belt, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I've been a blue belt for like a little over a year now. Cool. Yeah. How how did it feel to move from white to blue? What do you think? What do you think happened there? It's a pretty cool shift, man, because the uh, the gap in skill once you get there, like competitive wise, it's so big. Because you got dudes who've been like competing since they were kids who are blue belts and they've already had like ten years of experience in the game. So it's crazy. It's really cool to see that big gap and it it's very motivating to try and like get better at it. You know, it's very uh, intimidating as well, but like like I said, super motivating to like want to get better because you see these dudes who are like, they're basically black belt level. Especially know? in the adult division, yeah. that's where you fall, right? Yeah. You're, that's where you're going to run into those people. Like in master one or two blue belt, those guys are blue belt. They've probably been training like two years max mm-hmm. or less than that. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good uh, uh, point to point out because... I actually hadn't even thought about that. The the fact that like being a blue at masters means that you've been doing it less just by proxy. Yeah. Yeah. Just by that alone, just by being in the masters division, you kind of actually matched up a little bit more skill wise. But adults, oh yeah, man. It's a huge gap. It's pretty crazy. <clears throat> it's a nice uh it's a nice uh I don't know the word for it, but it's a good moment to like get that blue belt. But once you're there, it, then you're like, Oh, Okay, there's there's levels to this. There's like it's a deep game. It's crazy because like I felt that at white belt was too random. Things things were just really random. The the amount of p the like the amount of people that would show up to the tournaments will always be really high. Mm-hmm. 
And then you would get like five Joe Schmoes. And then there's like, you know, Michael Jordan as well. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And you just see like people just doing some crazy stunt. You know, like I I think at a white belt match I saw the other day, it had 56 points to zero. And these are two white belts. Oh, man. I mean, I'm going to say at 52, you get your blue belt. <laughs> 56 <laughs> points to zero. 56 to zero. Wow. I've, I've seen that a couple times. Like, uh, who was it? Gordon Ryan at no, I think it was Nogi Worlds. He's racked up like 52 points to zero. I remember one of those guys, was if it was Nikki or Gordon Ryan, before they blew up, mm-hmm. um, they, they coined this uh, position called the possum guard and it was literally they just lay on their back and let their opponent mount them mm-hmm. in a live tournament mm-hmm. and they'd fight from there oh, and wow. i remember people were offended people were upset that they were doing that like yeah. so so disrespectful and i mean they just they thought you know right and i mean like, but how successful exactly if you got a problem with it beat it you know do something about it yeah that's, that's kind of their whole mo yeah so i appreciate the uh the marketing aspect of it, you know, hey, you're doing a pot, you're laying on your back and you called it something. Yeah, cool. showmanship. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we like a lot in like, like in our sports figures. A lot of people like that showmanship of uh, of doing something kind of crazy and like you said, marketable. Yeah, it's it's like some kind of dominance and like it's a, and 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 there's different ways to dominate, right? There's mm-hmm. like there's like a there's like the there's a humble way right there's mm-hmm. the guy who dominates by presence alone mm-hmm. right so there's like there's like certain people who you know you're like oh man that's that guy mm-hmm. that's that guy right and you know he's like a really cool guy and then you're like oh he's so cool he said my name like he, <laughs> like, he was talking to me and addressed me <laughs> i saw him look into my soul right <laughs> <laughs> then there's a flip side where they're saying that's not the martial arts way. It's lacking humility, um, <clears throat> and that martial arts is uh, they're disgracing um, the discipline. But um, I think Gordon Ryan made some good points. I remember on social media he was saying, I mean, uh, this jujitsu doesn't really have humble beginnings. You know, these guys would go uh, in. Uh, in Brazil, they would go dojo storming or or, or, or challenge disciplines to uh, garage um, free for alls to, to show jujitsu's dominance. Um, so I think he made some good points. Uh, yeah, but I feel like humble and showmanship they're they're both parts of the same coin. Like yeah. they they really they're both showing a little bit of dominance, and they're they're both being able to like like so so there's. Like, I was actually uh, listening to an essay uh, of Ralph Walter Emerson, and he talks about character, right? And he says, like, uh, certain people have, like, just a demeanor, right? Like a politician. Like a politician uh, that you really want to get behind usually has some kind of, like, nobility to him before any of the other stuff. You know, for you to be able to follow any kind of leader, you know, there, there's like some kind of like, like, um, uh, so, some kind of like aura emit, emitting from a person, right? And then they usually, you know, you give those like the leadership qualities and then they have 
they're they're gonna be a politician. So then you would definitely want to vote for this type of person, mm-hmm. right? So then there's like that kind of character, you know, transcends like all like you see it in every in like every facet of life, but in particular you see it in people who do like you know like stuff like this like martial arts. And like in martial arts, you'll see it a lot. You'll see like a guy who who is like who's just a beast of a man, right? Like Hercules. You know, you hear the story of Hercules or you hear the story of, of like any of the strong men. Usually their story is not like this person was humble. Usually their story is like this guy, you know, you know, went around banging chicks and taking names. <laughs> <laughs> like it's usually how it is in the old days. That's how, you know, it's just slain men and women. <laughs> in whatever way possible. And... <laughs> It's just how it is in terms of, like, that kind of character. I think we should learn to appreciate both. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's just... It's two sides of the same coin. Just that humbleness and that sportsmanship. Like, and there's always, like, the old guard and the new guard in everything. Whether it's martial arts or, like, even music. You'll have, like, the old, like, for example, like, hip-hop heads and these new, younger generation... Mm-hmm. Who like, oh, that's a big thing right now, from what I understand. Yeah, it is. it's huge. Like, it's a huge thing. Like, there's a big wave of like, quote unquote. Well, it's called mumble rap. Yeah, you know, you've heard, and, it. and all the old heads are just just tearing into them. Tearing into yeah. them. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, what do you guys think about that? Do you have any any idea on that? Because I have a me and my brother Alvaro, who's not yeah. here. Um, we talk about that and like it gets deep like if you really think about what's going on in that situation it gets deep but I want to know what you guys think man I don't know like how much do you guys know like do you know anything about like that world so like newer hip hop I I tend to stay away from Mm -hmm. Um, why well maybe I'm just old (laughs) I don't know no, but what is it about it that you do not? <clears throat> so the mumble rap, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Cause right. I, and then I'll hear little sound bites, you know, where they'll say, "Oh yeah, I, I'm just putting, you know, I'm just worried about the beat. I got a beat going. I could put anything on it." Right. And they'll say things like that, and that doesn't help the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they have success. They sell records. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. And good for them, right? You got to make money however you can. Mm-hmm. But. I listen to music and it doesn't do anything for me, uh, but not all new artists. Uh, There's some artists that they actually put out content behind their beats or behind their music, right? And uh, they're a lot more enjoyable to me. Uh, I can't think of any right now. I guess that's just I. I just spend that's, too much time. I spend too much time listening to old music. I guess I too guess, much time listening to cumbia. Cumbia, <laughs> not <laughs> just that. How many cumbia people could you name right now? Oh, <laughs> I could, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's something right there. Yeah, like, the next hour, just Frankie listening <laughs> to cumbia. All right, I'm hijacking this <laughs> podcast. We're tell talking me, about tell me top three cumbia bands for you right now. All right, Grupo Jalado. Ooh. Um. <clears throat> Celso Piña, Rey Mix. All right. See, that's crazy because like you couldn't name one person out, out of I a know. random example. Yeah. But in this situation, you're like, I have them right here. Yeah, I guess that just shows what I listen to nowadays. <laughs> I don't know, like when I was y'all's age or younger. Yeah, yeah. I listen to hip hop, but I I just kind of grew into a whole other thing, and that's just where I'm at. That's pretty cool, man. 
But <laughs> how much do you know, Anthony, of, of the new wave and the old wave? Yeah, I try to keep up with it, but it moves so fast. Just with the internet, like people are putting out new content every day. Someone's got a new interview out every day. Something new is going on, and it's like so hard to keep up with it. You know, like a, an average career now in hip hop can be like it's short. It's so it's short. It's so short. Like it's crazy. Like uh, and and I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm ahead, cutting you ahead. off. But it just seems like they're identical, or they're just kind of a slightly newer version of the. Because okay. What three or six years ago it was Nicki Minaj, right. and now you have um, Cardi B. Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it just seems like she's just a newer version. Yeah, like they're kind of interchangeable. Know. Yeah, so it's just weird. I don't uh, know. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I like Cardi B, and I'm not a very big fan of uh, Nicki Minaj, and I've listened to both of her musics. Um, I had an invasion of privacy on my phone for a while. <laughs> invasion okay. of privacy, which is Cardi B's album. Oh, okay. I just phone I, I, I thought you got hacked. I got, like, your nudes, your nudes were put out. <laughs> and it was all Cardi B nudes. That's what probably. You know what? I'll concede that to you. For some reason, I enjoy. I would enjoy Cardi B more than Nicki Minaj. Uh, I really appreciate. The marketing, though. I mean... Yeah, just, no, yeah. I feel like Cardi B's personality is what sells it, you know? Yeah. I, I like her personality a lot. Um, which goes into what I think is happening right now. Like, you know, like, I think I think music in general, and I think hip-hop is going to be, like, the lead of this. You probably see it in other spaces if it's not happening already. Um, they're starting to switch from, like, from, like, the lyrics... And sounds to like environments. I don't think that they're no they're no longer trying to do a song. They're they're no longer like a normal song is listened and you pay attention to what they're saying <clears throat> and you know that kind of goes with the beat. But you know you could probably have a song without the beat in the background, right? Um, and you would still understand what the song is saying and you would still get the same kind of feeling. Maybe you, I mean, you would just be like, well, it's just acapella, but it's kind of good. But right now what's happening is like, they're kind of meshing the sound and like the lyrics and then they're trying to make it into like an environment. So like you get both and it's an ambiance of some sort. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're coming into a space or a wave and, uh, you just get to kind of like explore. Um, honestly, I really do not like to be told what to do, and I feel like this is a good way to just to not be told what to do in music. Because like whenever you go into one of these uh, songs, and I, in particular, I'm catering towards like the higher, the better quality ones. Somebody like Travis Scott, mm-hmm. uh, I would consider to be like better quality in this. And um, whenever you go into one of these albums like he has like the album the rodeo and the whole thing is theme is like you're at the rodeo in houston and like every song is so kind of separated from each other but it kind of sounds a little bit hollowed out and you kind of hear like almost like the like the speaker the music and you you just kind of get to be like you know it's kind of like each one of these songs is a ride and mm-hmm. it's like a really cool interesting thing to do because like it no longer puts you out of like like a like a like a linear track now you're following like five tracks now you're doing like you're paying attention to everything that's involved in this type of situation because it's all part of the environment 
Ah, okay, I get you. Instead of putting out, like, for example, like, just... A re- like an album, for example, of like random songs that are just put together. And Everybody's maybe, like making like projects now, just works of art. When in the past, out of the whole album, like really one or two songs is what they really put their all into. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's, it all kind of runs together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is like, there's a lot of people now that just their whole, their work of, their whole work that they put out a lot of it's connected and it's not just like the music now it's like the cover art it's connected to the story that they want to tell through the music and their concert experiences are connected through the way they want to tell the story it's it's really interesting yeah what a lot of people are doing now it, it, it is crazy like uh, to go back again to uh travis scott his his albums uh both are houston themed i don't know if he's going to be able to do another one but like if both of Houston theme and on the second one Astro World, it's like he basically each one of his uh, shows in our lives is an actual carnival. You know he's taking the Astro World around. Yeah, he- I I've heard about I heard about that going down and I was like. I mean, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I actually, when he came here, yeah. I actually went to that, that festival. Yeah, again. that was a big thing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool experience to go to one of those live. Taking Houston all around the world. How do we get here? I don't know. What? I feel like we were talking about jujitsu, and then we just transitioned into this somehow. Frankie, <laughs> could you please reach into the sorting hat? All right. So... All right, real quick. No, let's go. We talked about what motivates. No, let's not do that. That's a little. We already went deep. Um, awkward <laughs> moments. Oh shit! Oh my god! Awkward moments. Awkward moments. Well, like in life or in the past week. Is or? that what it just says? It just says awkward moments. That's all it says. Oh, no, that's that's pretty vague, Miguel. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. What's the most? I guess what's the most awkward moment? I, I mean, I guess you could start with like, you know, what do you think an awkward moment is? Those moments where you look back, like, years later, like, you're so far removed from the situation, but years later, it just pops up into your head, and you're like, oh, my God, why so, did I do that? Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> yes. It's the stuff that keeps you up at night. <laughs> you're just like, oh, my God, no. I think we have a lot of those, It's and, and the more you live... I think the more difficult it becomes to pick, like what would be the most. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely true. Uh, would you guys believe me if I told you that uh, I loved awkward moments? <laughs> you loved. I did. You used I, I, to. I, I used to. I used to. I, you know, like what changed? I, oh. Oh yeah, the fact that I wanted to not be alienated from people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but <laughs> so you like you like creating I awkward created moments. I created awkward moments. Ah, uh, yeah, I see. Regular. I see how that would alienate. On okay. the regular, dude. Yeah. And it was just out of my own entertainment. I just wanted to laugh, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just make awkward situations more awkward, or if or if any kind of like, oh man, I, I, it was just cringy. I was just. Like, Michael Scott type stuff, you know, like, you, you get, like, The Office, yeah. but if, like, Michael Scott was kind of a bad guy, <laughs> if you just wanted to, like... When did you stop? Um, I, I stopped, like, once I was, like, uh, 
you know, like, once I decided, there was, like, a moment in my life where I just did, like, a complete 90 degree, and I was just like, all right, maybe I should probably try to, try to, like, you know, fix most things that I feel like are probably harming others if it's not actually helping. Because I could have fun without having to hurt someone. Of course. But, uh... I think also a lot of it had to do with like me beginning jujitsu, and like once I started to jujitsu, I was just like, I need to kind of promote myself, and I need I need to make sure you need but, to gain friends. Yeah, like the, there's no way that I'm gonna be like that. People are gonna want to even talk to me if I'm just creating awkward moments. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your opportunities go lower. The people, the amount of people that might even want to be talking to you goes lower. Right. You know, it's just it's just like not marketable at mm-hmm. all. So I just changed on that aspect, but I I really put the foot on the gas whenever I I I, I did the big shift. It's so funny how um, jujitsu for a lot of people becomes that that pivot point where um, where things seem to get better or we decide to be better. Um, it's funny how that works. Yeah. I think it would work like that for any kind of endeavor that take that that takes that much amount of time or that takes that kind of discipline. So like, like if, if I decided to be a doctor and go to medical school, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Be you, like... you would have to get your shit together to be able to do that at least to the point where a doctor did, mm-hmm. you know. So like, it's you get to pick those moments. Yeah, you can't just be like a like a medical student or something. Actually, I might be wrong on that, but you can't be a medical student that's like partying every night. Well, I mean, maybe there'll be a phase, but at some point, I think... You yeah, gotta get at, it together. At some point, you have yeah. to be like, all right, this is not working out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I won't come hungover for the third time this week. <laughs> it just hurts your bank. It hurts It hurts every part of your life, you know? And, you know, like, there was a time in my life where, like, I was partying every day. Every day. And... You know, it's because I would do comedy every day, right? So I would go out to do comedy, mm. and then I would just stay out there all the way to like three a.m. <laughs> and then I would have to come back, oh, and man. and then do the same thing again tomorrow, because you know all the other comedians are kind of hanging out, and you kind of you, you gotta be go up late. So how long did you do comedy for? Because I remember you for mentioned... about like two years. Wow, I, did, I went up and did stand up comedy for about like two years. When you said you did stand up, I, I thought like maybe he did a couple like open mics, open mics or no, something. I got I man, actually... you weren't joking then. No, <laughs> <laughs> not this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was not. Uh, I it's um. <clears throat> I performed at the improv and I've also what? performed at wow. the comedy showcase. Nice. What? Do you have cool. any recordings of this? Oh, I would love to see that. Um, I think I do. Um, I would have to look for them because they're not very like honestly, even though I was getting I was getting traction whenever I stopped because at the moment it... like the moment that I stopped, I stopped right after I had done the comedy showcase. Uh, I had hosted a comedy showcase, and hosting the comedy showcase in in the Houston scene, at least at that moment in time, was like was like you're in. Once you host once, you can come back and host again. That was it. They just need you just needed to break through just once, right? And then you could just be part of this uh, of of the rotation, right? Yeah. Well, it's not overnight becoming a good. No, comedian. no, it's it's not. So it yeah. takes it takes a while. It takes a minute. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of eating shit in the mm. beginning. There's a lot of eating shit in the beginning. 
Regardless, I want to see these recordings. I would love to show them to you, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where they are. And <laughs> so, so, I don't uh, have any proof so, that I was a comedian. I don't so, know. Yeah, until you come up, it's kind of how the saying goes. Picks, picks are, it's not true. It never happened. Uh, that's how we're. That's how we're. Pictures or it didn't happen. Let me Picture clarify. Or it's a false moment in time. <laughs> All right. Oh, I would love to see Miguel doing stuff. Right, you know so. what? Just break it down. Saying pictures of fabrication. Pictures are fabrication. <laughs> pictures are fabrication. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, in the future, uh, we'll be uploading some of uh, Miguel's. Stand up. It's it's online already. It's oh, okay. On. I know that I was on the Rich Williams show. It's Rich a, Williams. So Rich Williams is just a like a so in comedy that you have like a couple of other like you have like a couple of tiers, mm-hmm. and like in one of the tiers, and this is no different than the other tiers because you can be as successful in a certain tier like as a local comedian, you can be pretty successful local comedian. And then you have people who do hobbies, and then you have people who do it as like who do like the actual clubs, right? And doing the clubs is kind of what you what most comedians want, but a lot of comedians just you know grab this opportunity to just do the local scenes, mm-hmm. and then they have their own shows. And Rich Willing was one of these people, and he you know he did cruises, and like he would just he just has a, like a little bit of a hustler. You know, thing. So he kind of like always set up shows, and he set up this show. Uh, at, I don't even know where. It was in Rice Village, right? So I know for sure there was Rice Village. It was in the second building, uh, uh, in the middle. I guess I don't. The the plaza. Uh huh. There's yeah. the top. The top. There's of the a second floor. There's a second. There's floor. a nightclub up there. That, Not anymore, but there was a nightclub. That's up where there. we did it in that nightclub. Really? Yeah, so that's where the show was at. For a while, there was a Latin nightclub up there, and, yeah. and I would frequent. Dude, there was, a, there was a, like about 100 people that day, because, you know, a lot of the things were just bringers. So you would, you know, the other comics would just come out, and they would sell their tickets to their friends. Yeah. Uh, so that's how you, you would get that. So there was a lot of people that day, and, and so the crowd is, you can hear the laughter, which is really like, uh, but um, yeah, I'm on there. So, all right, back to the topic. Have you ever experienced for yourself an awkward moment for you? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I feel I, I, like <laughs> I know that I went on a crazy tangent there. but <laughs> No, yeah, it's, that, that's great. Um, but the moment... Like, <laughs> that's okay. I, I feel awkward moments all the time, and I feel like... I feel like this is one right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, what do you mean? You mean like five minutes ago? Did I experience that? No. Nobody's complaining. I'm just saying. Uh, yes, I do. And it, I, it was just like probably me embracing it. It's because I probably felt that I had those too many. And a lot of awkward and weird things would happen around me. Tell us one that sticks out for you. Okay, so... I was in the Dominican Republic and I was celebrating somebody's birthday. I think it was one. Of my, it was my uncle's birthday, right? So you know, this is I was probably fourteen at the time, and so we went to the nightclub down the street, and in the Dominican Republic, the place where we're at, it's like the town is built upon like the main road. So it's like a road, and then the town is like all over, right? So it's basically to get home, you know, from there to get to the the nightclub from there, you can walk. Um, so we went to the nightclub, and, and, and there we were with my, 
<laughs> celebrating. We're all drinking and stuff. And uh, I, I decided that I need to go to the restroom. Now the music is bumping really loud, so I asked my my uncle, and we're like, hey, how do I get to the restroom? And he was just, oh, just go over there, and it's just, it's the bathroom on your left. And I was just like, okay, thank you. <laughs> and it was like really hard to, you know, he was just like, what? And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to like go, uh, I had to like cross, you know how like in, whenever people are dancing in clubs, you have like the two really good dancers, so it's like a circle around those, mm-hmm. and you know how I have to like, cause, so there's like groups, so I had to kind of like cross through, I'm like, alright, <laughs> excuse me, everybody's around, yeah, just can't to pass through the sardine wall, right, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't pass it. And then I turned to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, great. I need it to go so bad. So I go in and I lock the, the thing and then I pull the door to just make sure that it would, like the lock was correct. And as soon as I pull it, the door handle came off. <laughs> right? That is great. The door handle came off and I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, well, whatever. I'll just, and let's just go pee and then I'll finish. And the horror did not start sending in. Until I realized that I couldn't break the door. <laughs> like, I, like, I was just like, oh, I could just push it a little bit. Or, well, let me try to fix my finger in there. Nope. The the door handle was off. And it, it's and it was one of those door handles that you do like this, right? Oh. So, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a down door handle. Like, you know? it has the weird yeah. handle popping to the side. Yeah, and, and it locks like that. Yeah. So, I it's did not that. It's a knob. And, so it locked itself, and now I have the door handle in my hand, but there's no doorway for me to get through. And, you know, five minutes passed, and I'm like, I'm fucking burning up. I'm like, oh, man, I broke this. I'm in this club. No one can hear me yell. <laughs> no one can hear anything. Loud. It's too loud. So I'm just waiting. I was like, I, my only hope at this moment is to try to go through the window. And I was like, all right, let me try to jump through the window. But the window was too high up. I was too short. Now, a normal person, as yourself, could have probably gotten there. (laughs) (laughs) But not me. (laughs) It it was only big enough for me to fit. But, you know, I could not jump high enough. And there was nothing for me to get up there. So I guess I was just like, I'm going to have to wait till someone needs to go to the bathroom and realizes that there's a problem. Eventually, this happens, right? So I hear some knocking and, and you know, it's just some yelling, and I'm all like, I, I can't, I, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to even explain that I don't, the, there's no way for me to open the door. They're like, just turn the door handle. <laughs> is, that, is that what they're telling you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn the door handle. <laughs> Turns out I did. I'm sorry. If only. If only. It was that easy. What happens after that? So, um, that's the happening. And, you know, like, it's one of those moments where, like, people start to guess that I cannot get out. So then... You know, the more people are kind of crowding up, and you can hear it from the other outside. And I'm like, oh man, this is becoming a thing now. <laughs> they're from the stage, or like, there's a young boy. <laughs> Literally, like a skirt moment. <laughs> and they had to stop the music. <laughs> They did. They stopped the music. And they had to kick down the door. That's great. 
the it was like somebody's stuck in there. And they're like, so obviously they're like, hey, we're about to kick down the door. And it's and it takes a couple of minutes, right? Because I couldn't do it. So like, um, they break down the door, and then you know I'm like, thanks everybody. And I'm going outside, and then I see that it was the girls' restroom that I had been stuck in the entire time. <laughs> Just to top it off. Just to top it all off, dude. Just to top it all off. <laughs> oh, man. I got out, and everybody knew, right? Everybody knew what was going on, because there was no more music going on. <laughs> no, but, no, but. Why aren't we dancing? Oh, Miguel ruined it. Well, what, what do you guys mean to stop the music? Keep the music going. <laughs> But uh, at this moment in time, I felt embarrassed. And it was so awkward because I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it so much that I had to leave. And my uncle was not going to leave, so I just decided to walk home. (laughs) It was the most shameful walk home that I've ever had done. And it was a couple of blocks. So (laughs) I had a lot of time to think about what had happened. How old were you? 16. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great age. That is, that's a great age. Because if you're a kid, you know, you'll forget about it. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I, was, no. I was old enough to know. <laughs> to have adult feelings about it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's old awesome. to remember it. I, I, I was old enough to have the super, super, you know, like teen angst. Exactly. It's just like, do people like me? <laughs> Not well, you're, all, funny. you're all self-conscious already, and now everybody knows it's gonna be. That's a good, man. Dude, I'm, gl- I'm glad that happened for you, because I'm sure it was a, a character development moment for you. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I had a lot of awkward moments after that, <laughs> and just as horrifying. Like I, I don't want to say that the things kind of come down, right? They, they still kept on going, and I was just decided to be part of it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, if I'm gonna be in these situations, I'm just gonna be part of it, and that's what it was all at. So that's what changed that part. Jesus. So real quick, for for y- y'all are guys. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> would at any point in your life, maybe at the beginning, was there ever awkward feeling for you getting shot down when you like ask a girl out or just say, Hey, you know, I have feelings for you or something like that. I mean, did that ever happen to you? And I will be in the shower, just minding my business, you know, putting shampoo in my hair and then just. Out of nowhere, the thought of me walking up to this girl in high school and like, hey, you know, like, I really like you, you're really pretty, you know, like, would you like to like, you know, go get Chick-fil-A after school or something, you know, get some lemonade, you know? And then she just looks at me, looks at me up and down. Oh, man. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not even like Jesus. a soft, not even a soft no. Not even like a soft no. Just, I mean, like she's the, disgusted that I would the, even ask. Was the answer no from the beginning? Because there was a, a like looking of up and down. Did she measure you right there and then? Uh, she probably, she was just probably analyzing me like, how should I say no? Should I be it soft or just straight? And she just went straight out. Just no. Yeah, she came in with a hatchet, bro. She came in hard. I respect it. Looking back, I respect, <laughs> I respect it. it. I respect it. That's like, good that Joan Harbor uh, ill feelings because some people carry that for the rest oh, of their yeah, lives and have these preconceived notion that they apply to all women. 
No, um, trust me. I carry it with me because it keeps haunting me. <laughs> but it's like not in a bad way. I don't harbor those resentment you know, feelings towards it. I feel like, I feel like most of us have had moments like that. But I, as I got older, mm-hmm. I feel like being rejected wasn't so bad anymore. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's like just your memory is getting kind of hazy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you that those feelings are really bad. No, like... It is not fun. I remember towards the end, towards the end, uh, well, I mean, towards the end of my bachelor's. I want you to life. give me one example. You know? Um, I'm like, I was like 23... Hadn't started training jiu-jitsu yet, so I, w- I didn't have, like, you know, that jiu-jitsu confidence yet. And uh, I was at this church event, church bazaar, and I basically just, yeah, I told this girl, like, I- I'm into her. And she gave me a soft no, basically. Mm-hmm. How soft? Like, oh, really? You like me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of like that. Oh, dude, <laughs> you know? that's even worse. That's worse than antidotes. <laughs> is it? I felt like it was a soft no. Well, I felt like she was look, being. No, I felt like she was being nice about no, it. No, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Being like nice. the other girl just like ripped off the bandaid. This girl is just fucking petting it before she even tells you. Anything. I feel like as soft as 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 as, as delicate as my ego was back then, mm-hmm. I felt like that would have been the better route than mm-hmm. what soft, you got. Right? No, that. you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, no confidence, just kind of building myself up. If I would have got one of those, I don't know, man. <laughs> but, like, towards the end, like, like as I got older, I remember I was talking to this one girl, and I tell her, hey, I got feelings for you. And she'd tell me no, and I didn't care. Like, we'd still be friends, and, I'd like, six months later, I'd be like, hey, you know, I still got feelings for you. You want to give it a try? And she'd be like, well, I'm waiting for... I, I have hopes that my ex will come back around. Mm. But eventually, I just moved on. Right. But, you know, I think that was pretty cool that, you know, you kind of grow. And I don't know if I could apply that to life, you know, just be able to handle rejection in anything. I think you'd just be successful. I, yeah. I think that's definitely <laughs> true. I think that uh, um, just having to deal with failure is fine. You know, it's just... But it's so hard. It, it's in some things it's because people forget again this is like there's the forgetting aspect because like if you remember how long it takes to like to learn anything <laughs> to do anything it takes forever at least in jiu-jitsu you can come to class and learn techniques and fail and, and your friends will you know kind of pat you on the back and say hey good try yeah but mm-hmm. in learning to talk to girls yeah, Where there's no, no, there's you no, no you got your friends. You, know? no, my friends no. just, ah, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, my friends were just, ah, yeah, laughing you. That's what they're doing. Give you the worst advice. Dude, or something. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're just making you harder. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you school of hard knocks might not work for everybody. <laughs> it works. But, yeah. but that's I, what they're doing. I mean, I they're see what you're definitely doing. This. I see where you're coming from. You know, it, it's just eventually you're like, I don't care. Yeah, I think just with with time like the older you get and the more experience you have yeah. dealing with rejection it just gets a lot easier then you become the guys who are laughing you know <laughs> <laughs> I, you're the guy that's hardened that's been around for a minute so you can kind of take the rejection so I think I mentioned that talking to girls because that's like one of my most awkward moments in junior okay. high um it was Valentine's Day and you know everybody even friends give each other like sweets or flowers or something you know amongst each other 
or if you're if you have a if you're a couple with somebody then you'll maybe you'll go all out that was just an awkward time in my life being a preteen um and yeah i didn't have that and so i was just kind of like oh, i just want to get this day over with you know just kind of coasting through the day wow. and so i'm in class i'm in one class just kind of hanging out there and I don't know where this girl walks up to me. And I'll tell you, like, in school, she was probably, like, considered one of the top five most prettiest girls or something like that. She gives me a box of chocolates. I'm in shock. Like, literally, I'm in shock. I, even my response showed that I was in shock. Like, this was literally me. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I could say. I like it. Short and to the point. Yeah, I mean, just how in shock I was, I could I couldn't process. So I get the box of chocolates, I open it up, and it's empty. Oh! And everybody's laughing, and then she feels bad afterwards and writes me a letter. Hey, I hope you'll feel bad. Happy Valentine's Day. But the damage was done. <laughs> Wait, what was the point of that? <laughs> Just the prank that kids oh, do to each other. Oh. It was a prank that kids, you know, ha, kids. Ha, ha. Okay. kids yeah, ha ha, right? Ha ha. Yeah. But, uh, um, that's crazy. You should have been like, nope, I'm not forgiving you. Now you're going to have to go out with me. <laughs> I didn't even have the confidence to go that far. No, at that age, uh, at that is, point in my life, this that was not going to happen. At least three dates. <laughs> <laughs> and then after and that, you guys... You I'm know. like 13 or 14. Where am I going to take her to? I mean... Take her to Chick-fil-A. That was my deal. Dude, uh, by the way, not, at that point, Chick-fil-A wasn't even a thing yet. That's how old yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay, uh, They were around. They were around. Uh, but they weren't like blowing thing. up, you know? Um, <laughs> by the way, that is the plot of a Nick Cannon movie. Of a Nick Cannon movie? I have never Chick seen a Nick Cannon movie. No, getting no. shot down. This, this or girl, prank. Somehow this girl becomes indebted to this dude. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, you want to pay me back? You're going to have to pay me back with with, uh, with a couple of dates. And then, <laughs> I know it may not sound very sleazy, but it is kind of a weird thing to I do. I like the voice you take on, too. <laughs> you know? I don't think that movie would fly by today. <laughs> oh, so I think it would. I, I don't think it would. It's, it's one of those movies where, like, it's like a... a, a um, it's like Black Hollywood, so it's like you know how like it's one of the Medea's movies. It's, mm-hmm. It was like that, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that it would still have run. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a Nick Cannon movie. The guy he gets something happens to him that's really almost unrepairable. The girl has to deal with it somehow, so she has to pay with it with his time. And uh, you know they end up falling in love as any movie would, or else that movie would be very very creepy. <laughs> I think it's creepy regardless. <laughs> no, 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 they end up falling in love. You know, she got Stockholm Syndrome. She's in. It's, so that makes it all okay. It's all funny, the thin line between creepy and, like, charming or endearing, you it's know? It's a really thin. hard line to walk. It just depends on who you are. <laughs> you know? It depends on your character. How yeah. strong is your character? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> do people trust you? So did you did did we get your did you my awkward moment? Are we doing that? Yeah, we'll do it. I mean, let me see if I can find something. I mean, you did. You talked about that girl. I did talk about that girl. Yes, but something that was kind of awkward that put me in a weird spot. I got like I was coming from. uh, I was coming from Austin. Uh, I went to go visit some friends out there, and on the way back, like. 
like right in the middle between Austin and Houston, my car just shut off on me. It just stopped. And like, I was kind of just stranded there. I, you know, I'm calling a tow truck and they're saying, they're saying, oh, it's a weekend. So we won't have anybody out till Monday. What? And I'm like, ah, that is not work for me. So (laughs) I'm in a weird position at that moment. And I'm just kind of sitting there on the side of the road. I'm just like, man, what am I going to do? And I'm like maybe like 18, 19 at this time. So this like there's cars passing by on the road and this truck like passes by and then kind of slows down. And it's like an old couple in the truck and they're looking at me. And then they just drive off and then go into like the little town. I'm like, all right, cool. And then this happens actually two more times. That same couple, like they're coming in and out of the town that's like a couple miles down. And uh, they come back around, and the sun's actually starting to set because it was kind of late. And, like, they look at me, and the third time they come around, the lady, like, rolls down the, sh- the window. She's like, is anybody come to pick you up? I'm like, not really. And they're like, come with us. Like, come with us. It's getting really late. Like, you don't want to be out here. I was like, all right, I guess. I have nothing else to do. So I go- get in the car. I have, like, a little... Tupperware bin of like quesadillas. I'm like, you know what? I'll just eat these, you know, while I'm going. <laughs> so I get in the truck with them, and then I'm like, thank you, I, you know, I appreciate it. Like, where are you guys from? Yeah, yeah. I try to talk to them a little bit, and like the guy doesn't say anything. It's like an older white couple. The guy doesn't say anything. He's just driving, but the woman's like, she's trying to talk to me or whatever, and then just out of nowhere, she kind of goes, you know, you're, you're such a good looking little Asian boy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're, you're a handsome looking Asian boy. Wait. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, was, I was like, what? She's like, yeah, we don't get too many of you around here. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I wait, wait a minute before you continue on the story. In this situation, I want to point out that you had a couple of choices. I did. <laughs> I'm aware of that, Miguel. <laughs> What what are what are your choices? Tell me what are your choices. I could probably call someone to pick me up. Okay. <laughs> for one, or I could stay in the car where it's relatively safe. <laughs> but I, I choose. Mean, to... <laughs> but he could also pretend to be this Asian boy. So. Which is the thing that got him in the ride in the first place. That's true. That's what I should have done. But it gets better, because I correct the woman. I'm like, actually, I'm not Asian. I'm Mexican. She goes, I'm Mexican. <laughs> We really don't get any of those around here. I'm like... Oh, Mexico. Oh, damn. She, like, perks up. Dude, you're about to go into the purge. Oh, I feel like it. Like, at a certain point, it got so... Like, the tension was just so awkward. I felt like something terrible was going to happen. Because here's the thing. We're driving, and the guy, like, doesn't really say anything. And then all of a sudden, we kind of just make a right turn off the road into a dirt road. And I'm like, oh, what is happening here? And so... (laughs) So we kind of go, and it's starting to get dark now. And we're driving, we're driving. And while we're driving, she's, like, talking to me. And she's saying, like, this odd, like, kind of racist stuff to me. After she found out I'm Mexican, she's like, oh, so are those tacos in your little thing? And I'm like... I mean, but they were quesadillas. They Not were. They you? were, exactly. I couldn't be mad at her, because yeah. I was like, no, I mean, they're, not, they're quesadillas. I'm going to put that as a, as a, as a, as a sudden nicety, right? It was. 
And so <laughs> I'm like, no, you know, they're quesadillas. They're not tacos. She's like, what's a quesadilla? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's kind of like a taco but with cheese in it. She's like, mmm, okay, okay. Mmm, you know, you Mexicans have some really great cuisine. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and then she keeps going on. It's like it's like subtle racism, but it's very nice and polite. Yeah, so I can't it's, be it's mad that at racism it. you can't be mad at. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Asians are good at math. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I guess. What do you think, Anthony? Do you get mad when people tell you that? About. <laughs> I, I think it was a compliment. Full, full disclosure, like, I've... I've met you limited amount of times just in passing, like uh-huh. uh, in competition class. Yeah. And, uh, until now, I just probably just today, tonight, I just had a full conversation with you. I totally thought you were Asian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everybody does when they first meet me. I get that so much. Everybody does. No, another awkward thing that happened to me. Like, Wait, finish the first awkward thing. Yeah, how did that end? How did you get Okay, home? so the entire time, like, she's still coming up with these, like, little things she's saying to me, like, kind of like little personal jazz, because she goes, uh, where are you headed? I'm like, oh, Houston, whatever. She's like, oh, okay, do you go to college? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. You know, you have your family back home? I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, well, it must be hard for your mom being a single mom. What? Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. I have not mentioned my mom in this conversation at all. She just I'm so giving her still the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> thinking that whenever she said that she was that your family was back home, she thought Mexico. Right? Because you're Mexican. Because you're Mexican. I'm Mexican. And, I'm then, Mexican. and then your mom and you are here. Right. But anyway, so she's saying all this weird stuff and then we finally get like it's weird because like there starts to pop up like little fences like little circle fences with cows in them and i'm like what is going on and i don't mention it because i'm kind of scared at this point and we get to this big like ranch and it has like a giant house on it like a two-story mansion and i'm like what and we get to a gate and it has like a big like a big like d and a big m on it i'm like what am i doing here like, I am about to get murdered in this mansion. So we go in, you know, I'm sitting down, talking to them about their, like, Wait, family, whatever. How, how good is the, the, the decor? Oh, it's very nice. But it's, like, very, like, southern kind of country. They got, like, deer heads on the wall. They so got, it's, like, southern high end? Yes. It's, like, which southern is a, high Which end. is a very weird kind of high end. Well, I want to point that out. Like, very. southern high end is a... It's like another level that they take because I mean things that they have to be sudden, so that's like they're already putting the things in the high end level and then they have to put the sudden on it. Yeah, they got like picture frames, but like the frame is like made out of like it's wood and then it has like these guns crossing. It's like very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's high end, but it's weird and like. Cause you're in the house. Yes, yeah, so I'm in the house. She's offering me stuff. She's like, oh, you know, we got this and this and this, you know, and she brings me like a full size Hershey bar, like a giant like king size one. i'm like oh this is so oh, cool nice yeah right it was so nice but she hands it to me she's like i hope you like it we don't have any mexican candy but <laughs> that's hilarious we don't have any mexican candy <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i'm like i i thank you ma'am i appreciate it anyway what ends up happening i call my i text my friends i'm like yo you guys gotta pick me up this is really weird and they pick me up and <laughs> And I tell them where to go, and, and like, and they meet us, like, outside the gate, 
and I go and I like you know hit them up and everything. The family that actually like those people that pick me up, they actually gave me like a they bought me like a car battery because it was something wrong with my battery. So they bought me a car battery. Wow, and that's, that's how I ended up nice. getting home. Yeah, it was super nice. So all in all, they were nice people. They were wonderful people. It's that's the problem with being isolated culturally mm-hmm. that. You don't learn to be culturally sensitive, I guess. Uh, yeah, you don't follow you don't follow the, the norms of society so well because yeah. you're, so you're, you say yeah. things that sound racist, like uh, hey, what are those tacos? Because <laughs> um, I could tell you for a fact that in Mexico, I mean, it's not very culturally diverse mm-hmm. in Mexico. Right. And yeah, Mexicans will say some racist things, but hey. Who's going to complain? It's nothing but Mexicans. Yeah. You know? You can't fault them. Yeah. So, though... though. Yeah, it was the same way. I couldn't fault them because they were, yeah. like, super nice and awesome. She was asking me so, a bunch of questions. So, their intentions were, were in the right place. It's just they just didn't know. Yeah, exactly. They're not from Houston or Austin or exactly. something. Exactly. You know? They were just isolated in their own little little town yeah. where they're from. That's, uh, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. That's, that's, a, that's such a funny story because like, I was expecting for you to open the Hershey bar and it just be empty. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a group of kids just come out and like, oh my god, you Mexican. <laughs> Tell Frank he said hi. <laughs> it actually was that lady that she had grown up. <laughs> it was the same. Yeah, it was the same exact person. Who grew up. That's great. Oh my god, that's good. It was like to, oh, with the Asian thing I was talking about. And like my freshman year of high school, I'm waiting outside for my my mom to pick me up, and. It's like maybe 4.30, everybody's kind of gone at this time, so I'm just kind of waiting at the corner, and this woman in a minivan pulls up, it's like this Asian woman in a minivan that pulls up, and she like rolls down her window, looks at me, and starts screaming at me. She's like, get in the car, we're late, get in the car! I'm like, oh my god, what is she yelling at me? And I turn around, she like looks at me, gives me like a really good look, she's like, sorry, I thought you were my son! Ah. And she drives off! Dude, that's uh, that's good. That's uh, that's like the power of mimicry. <laughs> you can mimic any Asian. I, I feel like if I could pull that off, I just run with it or something. Yeah, like, I feel know? like you had a good opportunity there. I almost walked in just because of how like I was like, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know we were late. <laughs> yeah. Old Miguel would have walked in. <laughs> Create that moment. Create that moment. Like he gets to not say anything until she starts speaking to me and. And Vietnamese or whatever. No, you just you get to their house and you get to the room. You just walk in the kids' room. You just chill in there. Go to dinner. Yeah, I remember this one time in Halloween. Uh, we we were like out there. It was just me and a couple of friends, and you know, they were all. I was dressed up as Batman, uh, and then a couple of friends of mine was dressed up as something. But um, <laughs> we were just kind of you know loitering around walking around in the, in the neighborhood and it was around where you live and like um <laughs> we hear this giant party going on it's like going on hardcore and like the party is going on and it sounds badass and then you, we see people walk out of the place and then walk in and then like the people that are walking out you know they're all dressed up and i was just like guys 
we have an opportunity here. Let's <laughs> just go in. <laughs> right? Now, this, this, this idea of going in, you know, I mean, it didn't come out exactly like that. It actually came out like a group consensus. So it wasn't like I was alone in this or trying to convince anybody. We were all down. But it was just like, whoever's going to go in first has to go and walk up. And I was just like, I'll be that person. So I walked in, and I straight up walked in into this party. And then all my friends followed me. And we were just at a random guy's house, just, you know, just kind of, you know, being at this party. And it's it's really gets interesting because people started giving us looks, you know, like, especially <clears throat> what, who I assume to be the owner of the house. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this party's going on. They're like, hey, uh, who are you here with? And I'm like, I'm here with John. <laughs> you know, it's like, because we had all decided this. We knew that this, at some point, might come up. Right. So we just said the most, you know, generic. generic name. John? John who? I'm like, John, he's over there. And like, you know, I point, and like, you know, he's just like, wait here a second. So fucking, my friends are like pumping beer on, from the can. <laughs> And then, like, the guys that are there, they notice that my friends are doing that, like, who are you guys here with? And, like, now it's becoming a thing. Oh, Again. Let me put some reference on this. Okay. This after, is before you were training. You were a lot younger. I was a lot younger. Okay, yes. go. This is before okay, I was go. Training. Go. I had... In this situation, a fight would have been dead. Okay. <laughs> right, it would like, have been in your favor. I like, okay. I like how jujitsu people put that, like, that it, timeline it's so on It's so weird how that makes a difference. <laughs> it does. It makes a difference of how many people would have gone down before I would have gone down. Is this BBJJ or A BJJ? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, you know, like, now the, now the people are there that are talking between each other. And it's so obvious we're not part of the party. Uh, how do we exit? Well, the best way to exit is just to walk out. And then we started walking out, and the guys was just like, no, 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 you guys stay. Like, no, sirree. Lock the door. <laughs> no, sirree. We're leaving. Have a good day. Tell John to say hi. <laughs> you guys stay. You got to stay. We're going to figure this out. Dude, they're about to fight us, for sure. It was, oh, my God. And they just walked down. It's just, you know, just got into the car, and it's just... We ran. <laughs> we did the thing that any normal person would have done in that situation, which is how I feel like your situation would have ended. <laughs> oh, man. All right. How are we doing on time? Uh, we are at... I think we've done an hour. 59.12. All right. We want to wrap it up? or? All right. Any closing comments in terms of like any closing stories, closing comments? This is going to be the last one. All right. Anything? No? Nah, I feel like this is great. All right, good. In that case, we'll leave the rest for later. Could be up. Yeah. Yeah, the rest for later. Okay. We'll start off with awkward moments in the next one. Well, that was an awkward moment? Well, I guess. I mean... I guess we could continue awkward moments. We could, if you have one more awkward moment, you can continue. I got plenty. <laughs> Do you have one that will be able to beat the pot? Beat... No. Um... Hey, no, it's hey, on my head. No, that was. This is an awkward moment now. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with this. Unlike the Valentine's Day massacre. Oh, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's how you remember it? That's how I remember it. <laughs> Valentine's Day massacre. You know, whenever you uh, first 1998 or something. Yeah, whenever you first set the story, it did not sound this harsh. <laughs> Are you okay, Frankie? <laughs> I'm gonna cry like, in my car. It's like it affected you way more than you gave off. Nah, you, you started out the topic. <laughs> oh, all right, man. all right. Well, it was a good one, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.